Scripture. And we're going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture in the Bible. Uh, the book of St. John, book of John, 14th chapter, and beginning at the first verse, reading from the New King James Version there, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Amen. These are the words of Jesus. As I said, a very familiar passage of Scripture. And I had to stop and think about it. And I had only preached on this, and if my memory serves me correctly, uh, last week at the funeral, that's the first time that I've ever preached on uh, John 14, 1 through 3. And uh, I'll be transparent with you. Uh, and it's not an excuse. But when I was growing up, like some of you, at Old Bethel, when we were in Eagle Park, uh, when I was a youngster, uh, there was an elderly minister that was one of the ministers at Bethel. And anytime he would be asked to have remarks, he would always quote John 14, 1 through 3. I mean, every time. And as a kid, as a kid, you know, we, we, we look for stuff when we went to church. And certain things would make an impression on us. And it got to the point that uh, when the pastor would allow this particular minister to have remarks, when he'd get up, we start saying it under our breath because we knew exactly what he was going to say. And I think in the back of my head, I think in the back of my head, that kind of stuck with me. And I promised myself, after God called me into the ministry, that I was not going to be that guy. And so therefore, until last week, I never preached on this. <laughs> And, and the Lord be my help. Some of the young people that are sitting out there, they don't have to answer the question for me. I, I, I hope I'm not there. Yet. But one thing about it, all of God's word is good. And so on today, we're going to be speaking from the subject. We don't have be working. <clears throat> Will heaven be working? And I'm going to tell you from the beginning what I intend to do. I have, have any of you ever been to a fancy restaurant? You, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. A fancy restaurant. I'm talking about where they got tablecloths on the table. 
and the waiters are immaculately dressed, and the waitresses are, and, and, and they're waiting on you. They're, 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 they're stationed. They've got the different stations, and they're, they're watching. And, and, and if you're drinking coffee or tea, and you open up some sugar to put in it, and you put the empty uh, 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 paper you know, that the sugar was in, they're waiting, and, 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 and as soon as you put it down, they're there to clean up. Anybody ever been to restaurants like that? Uh-huh. Amen. Been to restaurants where when you look at the menu and they have the various appetizers and entrees and what have you on there, and they don't have a listed, and there's no price next to When you're in a place like that, amen, you 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 gonna spend some money on that meal. Well, I want to put myself in the position. Of a person, and and and, and you're at a man, uh, a fancy dining establishment. And one of the things that they do at these fancy dining establishments is uh, they have a dessert part. That while you're eating your meal, or in the middle, or getting close to the end of your meal, they will come back real slow with that dessert part. And they'll swing it by, and they have all kinds of delicious, amen, desserts on that on that dessert cart. Now, me, when I eat a meal, usually I'm full with the meal, and I don't eat my dessert and meal together most times. But I tell you, when they push that dessert cart out, and you're looking at that cheesecake stacked up high, and, and there's some of the other delicacies that are on there. And, 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 and where you was just intended to say, I'm, I'm just getting a meal, it's all together, I'm just getting a meal. Amen. I'm not getting dessert. I, 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 they push that thing slow to my Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Honey, do you think we want, maybe we might want to split that? And honey, we're back at you and say, split what? I don't want that's my job today. And I'm telling you right now, I'm getting ready to push the dessert cart. Cash. And before you leave here, I want you to be able to answer in affirmative the question, will heaven be worth it? Will heaven be worth it? You know, I, I suppose that everyone in the room, I would hope, believes in heaven. And I hope that you're planning on going there someday. Now, one thing while I'm talking about heaven today, will heaven be worth it? If you believe in heaven, you got to believe in the other place too. Amen. If there is a heaven, and I believe the words of Jesus, there's another place that's called heaven. I'm not talking about heaven today, I'm talking about heaven. Hallelujah. And, uh, amen, uh, even some 3,500 years ago, Abraham, when Abraham believed him, Abraham longed to go to heaven when he died. And the scriptures, amen, tell us over in Hebrews uh, 11, 8 through 10, it says that by faith Abraham obeyed him. And when he was called to go out, 
to a place that he would receive an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. For by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as a uh, foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him of the same promise. And that verse 10, I want you to focus on that. It said, For he waited for the city that has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. The King James said, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. And, and, and what I, the reason I bring up Abraham is because Abraham caught a glimpse of the city and said, It's worth it. It's worth leaving home and my family. It's worth being a stranger and a pilgrim. It's worth the hardships and the pain. Heaven is surely worth it all. You know, I think about uh, the Apostle Peter. Uh, and uh, how that uh, the Apostle Peter caught a glimpse of heaven and said that it was worth it. Give me the testimony of a few Bible characters here. He said it was worth it. It was worth the total change in life. It was worth the hardships that I endured. It was worth, amen, more than my very life. Heaven is surely worth it. And when Peter uh, talked about uh, heaven being worth it. When Peter talked about heaven being worth it, in First Peter three, First uh, Peter one, three through five, Amen. Peter said, "Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us to a living hope." Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved where? Reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Amen. When Peter caught a glimpse of what awaits. The saints of God in heaven, Peter said, is worth it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's worth it. Now, uh, I thought about and bring up a few other characters, but I thought about uh, the Apostle John. Exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And uh, with the wild beasts, and how God gave him a vision of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And if you would ask the Apostle John, he would say, it's worth it. It's worth it. So, as I said, we are passing the dessert card by you today. And I want you to consider a place called heaven. Amen. I want you to consider a place called heaven. A lot of us, we don't do a lot of thought about heaven while we live it. But one thing that I want you to understand is that heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And when we consider a place called heaven, 
Amen. I want you to uh, understand that heaven is a special place. Can you repeat that after me? Heaven, heaven. is a special place. In St. John 14 and 1, Jesus called it my Father's house. Amen. Heaven is special because it is a place where God dwells. A place like that, it has to be holy. And it is filled with the glory of God. It's a place, it's a place of peace and blessing and joy. All those characteristics of our Heavenly Father at any place that is called the Father's house would have to be a place like that. Now, just thinking about a place like that is enough to make you you know the Father is enough to make you want to go there. After Paul saw uh, toward the end of his life, he was taken up into the third heaven. And uh, he saw things that he did not utter, that it was forbidden for him to utter. And when Paul got toward the end of his life, amen, Paul said that uh, for me to live is Christ yeah. and to die is gain. This is over Philippians 1, 21 through 23. He said, but if I, if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet I shall choose or what, what, what I shall choose, I don't know. I don't know what to choose. I'm in the midst of a strait. I'm in a strait between two having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Paul, when he described heaven and being in the presence of the Father, amen, Paul used the phrase far better. That's Philippians 1.23. Literally means very much better. It is the highest form of a superlative. Paul is saying that our best day here on earth is not worthy to be compared with our worst day in heaven. That alone makes heaven a special place. Hallelujah. I want you to think about your best day. Now, anybody catalog, anybody got your best day on earth is not worthy to be compared. And, 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 and really, I don't know if, you, if, 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 if the English language is sufficient to talk about your worst day in heaven. I've talked about it before here, and uh, I'm not going to elaborate on it very much, but I've talked about before uh, how when my mother passed, and uh, I naturally grieved the loss of my mom. And, uh, you know, and, and when Mother's Day would come around, I've talked about this before, how when Mother's Day would come around, I made up my mind, you know, I, uh, you, you know, when you're a teen, you know, they put their, their red boutonniere. You wear that red boutonniere if your mom was alive. They had a white boutonniere if your mom was deceased. I remember that first Mother's Day that I had to, uh, as it was approaching. And, uh, you know, there were times when, uh, uh, the usher department or hospitality department would provide group meetings. And I made up my mind, I'm not wearing nobody's flowers. 
I don't want to see a white book here. Because I was missing my mom. And, 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 and how God dealt with me and showed me in a vision. My mom. Uh, no, no, no uh, uh, ravages of chemo. No thinning hair uh, uh, from having to take radiation. Amen. God showed me a vision of my mom at the prime of her life. With a smile on her face, brighter than I can remember. Looking better amen, uh, than when she left here. Amen. Living, amen, with God at the peak and the prime of her life. Hallelujah. When, 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 when Paul said, amen, I don't know, amen, it's needful for me to be here with you. But there's a desire to go to be with him because it's a better place. Heaven is a special place. Not only is heaven a special place, heaven is a splendid place. Jesus said that in my father's house are many mansions. The word mansion means a dwelling place, an abode. You, you know, I think of it in contemporary terms. I think of it as a condo. Anybody ever seen some fancy condos? The reason I think about it as a condo, because a condo is attached to other condos. And Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. Heaven is a splendid place. Brings to mind, amen, more than just a mere room, a mansion. In the Father's house speaks of opulence and grandeur. And there is nothing in this world that can compare to it. John, when he described, amen, the city in Revelation 21, amen, he begins to describe it uh, in terms that are hard to fathom. Amen. Uh, heaven, uh, not only uh, is it a uh, splendid place. Let me let me talk about some of the distinctions in the city. It is a city that is lit by the glory of God Himself. John described the city as being like a jasper stone. The jasper stone is what we call diamonds today. The city will be like a great diamond in appearance as it reflects and reflects and reflects, reflects the light of the glory of God. It is a city that's surrounded by high wall. And there are 12 gates in this wall. And each gate is attended by an angel. And these gates have the name of the 12 tribes of Israel inscribed in them. And the wall of this great city rests on the 12 foundations that are named after the 12 apostles. Let's talk about the dimensions of the city. I'm telling you, heaven is a splendid place. Amen. When we talk about the dimensions of heaven, the city measures 12,000 furlongs. 
on each side that is, and it is as tall as it is wide. Now, when we talk about 12,000 furlongs, that translates into about 1,400 miles. I want you to take, say that number with me, 1,400 miles. This is a city of astounding size. See, a lot of you, when you think about heaven, you think about folk on, on a cloud somewhere. I'm telling you, heaven is a real place. Amen. Heaven is a city. And uh, uh, it's a city of astounding sadness. Let me, let me uh, help us to kind of put it in context here. If one age was placed on the East Coast by the Atlantic Ocean, the opposite edge would sit on different, at different Colorado. You all picture what I'm talking about? If one edge of that city was placed on the east coast by the Atlantic Ocean, the other edge of the city would extend to Denver, Colorado. If the north edge of the city sat on the Canadian border, the other edge would sit somewhere, amen, Canada, Miami, Florida. That's how vast that the city, amen, would be. And then, more amazing than that, amen, Atlantic, Denver, Colorado, Canadian border, Miami, Florida. But then, amen, not only is it that vast, but it is as high as it is wide. That's 1,400 uh, feet into the sky. We're talking about a city. Yeah. It's a city that is surrounded by a wall that measures 124 cubits. Now, that translates to about 216 feet, and we don't know if that means that that's how thick the walls are or not. But I want you to imagine a city that there is room for all. There are no ghettos in heaven. There are no mean streets in heaven. There's no wrong side of town in heaven. You know, I was relating with uh, uh, some of my family. You know, people talk about, you know, mean streets and the wrong side of town and what have you. I grew up, I was born in St. Louis. I grew up in East St. Louis. Amen. I've been, I, I'm, I'm used to living in the inner city. Yes. But I had an incident happen last week that had me wondering what's going on. I purchased my gas because it's cheaper in Missouri. And so after I got off work, this is about uh, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I went to Missouri to get gas. And as I'm driving back, from where I got my gas, I'm driving back on uh, Broadway uh, by the brewery. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I'm driving back on Broadway by the brewery, and there's a car pulls up beside me with some young men in it. And one of the young men on the passenger side rolls his window down and begins to mouth something at me. And so I'm driving, I turn and look, and he's mouthing something. I don't read lips. I didn't let my window down. 
to try to hear what he's saying. I don't know. And so I keep driving. We drive on, and there's a tractor trailer in the left lane that he pulls, you know, pulls up behind. And I go past. There's a plane behind me, and I see him in my rearview mirror. When they swing behind me, I'm still wondering, you know, what's the deal? When I get past the tractor trailer, he gets to where they can swing around me and they accelerate. As they accelerate past my car, he throws a bottle of soda out the window and hits my passenger side window. Uh, I think a red, you know, soda. And it hits my window and I'm thinking to myself, in the world, what's going on here? I don't know I don't mess with nobody. Why, why, why you pick me out to throw a bottle of soda and hit my, hit my, 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 my whistle? Thank God it was a plastic bottle of soda. And I also thank God it was raining. <laughs> where the rain just washed it off so there was no residue. And they sped on off. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is 4 o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight. And we got folk out here acting like idiots. We live in a world where there are some mean streets. We live in a world where, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we had a tragedy. We had, we had a tragedy happen uh, just this past week of innocent lives being taken. And I still, and, and, and there is no good reason for it. We live in a broken world. A world that's broken because of sin. But you know what? I, I, I thank God that even in the midst, in the midst of a mean world, Amen. God gives us protection from plastic bottles. And God rains down and, and makes sure that none of the residue sticks to it. <laughs> But I thank God that if you keep living for God, one day you're going to get to go to a city where the wicked will cease from God. And the weary will be at rest. Heaven is a splendid place. Hallelujah. No mean streets, no wrong side of town. A city of absolute beauty and sinless perfection. Oh my God. Let's talk about the design of the city. And, and, and I won't take the time to describe all of the stones that are the foundation of the city. You've got the jasper, the sapphire, the uh, chancedon, emerald, sonic, sardis, crystallite, the burl. And, and, and each one has a different color. You know, the thing I found out about God is God likes variety. God likes variety. God's not scared of color either. Anybody ever gone to uh, uh, the aquariums? Or gone to the zoo? I tell you something else I found out about God. God puts some colors together that you, in your mind, I think don't go together. I remember I went to a prayer uh, in Chicago, a chair's prayer, 
And I saw some brilliant colored fish. And I saw some color combinations that I was like, that don't go together. If, if, if I had it hanging in my closet, I would say it don't go together. But when I saw it in, in, in God's creation, God said, oh, I can put it, I can put it together. God's not, God don't get mad when we're colorful. It won't look good. That's another story. But uh, as I talk about uh, the the design of a city, I want to talk about the fact that you it, it's a city that gleams with the brilliance of God. Give me a little bit more on my mic here. It, it gleams with the brilliance of God. Imagine that uh, it's pure light and it shines. The gold and all the multicolored precious stones of that heavenly city will be a glorious sight to see. I'm asking the question, amen, is heaven worth it? The gates of the city, the gates of the city are made of pearl. Do you know pearl is formed out of pain? A grain of sand is trapped in an oyster, and the sand irritates the oyster. And the oyster begins to build a layer upon layer of calcium around the grain of sand. And after a long while, a pearl is formed. A pearl is the only gemstone that's made from a living organism. The pearl is the oyster's answer to pain. And the gates in the city are made of pearls. And the gates will remind that while salvation is heaven, the heaven that it provides are free. But it wasn't cheap. Everything that we have was born out of the pain that our Savior endured on the cross of Calvary. Every time we enter that city, we'll be reminded of the price that it paid to redeem our souls. Heaven is the Lord's answer to the pain on the cross. And even the streets in heaven will be glorious to behold. We will walk about on streets that are paved in the purest gold. That's the city that awaits those that are redeemed. Amen. So not only is heaven a special place, it is a splendid place. And not only is it a splendid place, it is a safe place. It's a safe place. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. This is just a reminder that heaven will be a place of peace for the people of God. None of the afflictions that we endure here on the earth can touch us in glory. Amen. Revelation 21 and 4 says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. No one's going to die in heaven. No hearts will break. No one will even weep in sorrow. No one will ever hurt again. No one will have to work or strive just to make it in this world. Every saint of God will enjoy the perfections of the city along with the awesome presence of the Savior and the Father God.
Heaven is going to be a safe place. Hallelujah. Oh, I bless you. I'm, I'm rolling that clock past you. And, 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 and I'm asking, amen, we won't deserve it. Amen. Will heaven be worth it? Uh, not only, amen, uh, do we consider uh, the uh, distinctions of the city, amen, and uh, the makeup of the city, but we need to consider the population of heaven. Amen. And when we consider the population of heaven, Amen. God Himself, the sovereign God, is going to be there. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. Amen. The sovereign has called it my father's house. Amen. One day, amen, we are going to be with God in his house. And we will see him there. Revelation 23, or Revelation 22, verses 3 through 4. That was Job's hope. Amen. That was Job's hope. Job said, For I know my Redeemer will live, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after the skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Whom I shall see for myself, my eyes shall behold, yes. and not another. Though my, uh, though the, though the, the worms might uh, consume me, he talks about that. Job had a hope that persisted after the grave. Amen. That he would see God in a, in, in, in a uh, resurrected body. And that's our hope as well. Not only, I'm talking about population of heaven. You know, we get ready to move into a new neighborhood. You kind of want to look around and see who lives there. You want to check out the schools, the amenities in that community, uh, the type of restaurants that they have there. You, you, before you move somewhere, you check it out. And, and especially on the block where you live, you want to check out who your neighbors are. Anybody ever live somewhere where you had bad neighbors? Yeah, I have. Amen. Still do. <laughs> but that gives us a chance to witness. But I remember one place we lived, we had a neighbor that uh, was nosy. Okay. I don't know about you, but. I, I have a problem with nosy neighbors. And uh, not only were they nosy, but they were junk. That's a bad combination. And not only were they nosy and junky, but they were noisy. I got some neighbors now that they think that the middle of the night, you know, two, three in the morning is the time to shoot off fireworks. And I don't know what those, what, what are those that sound like cannons going off in the trash can? Anybody know what those are? I got neighbors that, amen, they still got something left over from the 4th of July. All right, and one, they say. 
Well, thank God that we don't have those kind of neighbors in heaven. Amen. God will be there, and the Son of God will be there. Amen. Uh, he said, For I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The redeemed saints of God will spend eternity with the Lord who paid the ultimate price of redemption for them. We'll get to see him. We'll get to worship him. And we'll be doing it in perfect bodies. Redeemed bodies. We'll sing the glory. We'll, we'll, we'll sing of his glories with perfect voices. And shout his praises in perfect holiness in heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm looking forward. Amen. I don't believe that heaven is worthless. And not only will the sovereign God be there, as I said, the Son of God will be there. But the saints of God will be there. The saints of God will be there. Hallelujah. That group of patriots. That's a, that's a lot of characters that I'm going to want to have a talk with. <laughs> I, I, I want to have a talk with Joshua. One of the pet notes. He's the son of none. I want to see is there any connection there. I want to have a talk with Caleb. Who uh, said when he got older and, and they were getting ready to take the promised land, and he came in and, and, they, and they said that the giants was in the hills, he would say, I'm just as strong now as I was 40 years ago. God preserved me while all of my contemporaries were dying out. God kept me. Because he made me a promise. And now that we're on the other side, give me my mouth. Hallelujah. The saints will be there. My God. Some I want to talk to. Amen. Some I want to visit with. Hallelujah. The saints of God from the Old Testament will be there. The saints of God from the New Testament will be there. The saints of God from the church age will be there. Our redeemed loved ones will be there. Friends and family will be there. Hallelujah. All of the saints of the ages are going to sit at his feet and be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say if we want to consider the place called heaven, want to consider the population called heaven, amen, and then lastly, we want to consider the promises that are connected with heaven. Rolling that car passion today. And you know, I was reminded. I was reminded there was a story I heard 
about uh, an elderly lady that had been sick. And she knew that her time on earth wasn't long. And so she sent for her pastor. She said, Pastor, I, I, I need you to come. And uh, the pastor came to see her and he, you know, thought that she was depressed or uh, despondent because her health was failing and, 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 and it was getting close to the end. But that's not what she called him for. She wasn't depressed. She, she had a radiant smile on her face. She knew she was red. Oh, it's good to be red. And she said, Pastor, I want you to do one thing for me. She said, I know I ain't got long on earth, but I want you to do one thing for me. Uh, when you attend my funeral, and when the morticians prepare my body, my casket, I want you to make sure that they put a fork in there. And she said, I don't want them to hide it. I want it to be uh, uh, visible so that those that come to life will see the heart in my cancer. And he looked and he said, A heart? She said, You have a heart. And he said, All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do what you ask, but I'm a little confused. Why? Do you want a part in your cast? And she said, Pastor, don't you remember when we had our potluck dinner in the fellowship hall? And and and, and we were eating that the, the, the food that had been prepared, and sometimes we didn't have enough silverware. And uh they would when they would take your plate after you got them eating, they would tell you, keep your part. Keep your pork because dessert is coming. She said, Pastor, when they walk around and view my body, I want them to see my pork and let them know, amen, the, 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 the corpse that I had here on earth was the perfect corpse. But, amen, I don't want to be prepared because in glory, Hallelujah. Talk about the promise of heaven. Amen. The promises that are connected with heaven. Amen. There is a promise of rest. When the Lord speaks about our heavenly home, he indicates that it's going to be free from the troubles of his life. Amen. In fact, heaven is going to be a place where we'll be able to rest from our labors. Revelation 14, 13 said, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the day which died the Lord henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. I don't know about you, but I've got old enough to where I appreciate good rest. It means sometimes you got to stop. Amen. The word labors carries the idea of trouble. Amen. Uh, literally, it means a beat. Amen. Sometimes dealing with the world that we live in, you feel like somebody's been beating on you when you, when, when you finally make it home. 
It tells us that our Christian life will be a life of exhausting work as we strive to serve the Lord. It's not always easy to serve the Lord. Sometimes your labor will, will go unappreciated. Anybody, anybody, amen, do stuff, amen, for the Lord, do stuff for other people, and it seems like people just don't see what all you do. Don't appreciate what you do. And sometimes, sometimes we're misunderstood. Amen. When we meant well, amen, people will perceive it as uh, 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 not in the same light in which we meant. Sometimes you give everything that you have. And it appears you haven't accomplished anything. Yet you labor on because you want to honor the Lord with your life. You labor on because you know it's the right thing to do. You labor on because you know something better is waiting down the road. You labor on because you know that heaven awaits. You labor on because you know that it is going to be a place of rest. One day our work will end. And we're going to reach that place of rest. We will meet the Lord and give account of our service to Him. We will either be rewarded or we're going to suffer loss, depending on how well we carry out His will in our lives. Over in Corinthians, or let's see, uh, when it talks about over in, uh, there's some scriptures I can give you. Amen. I can give you first. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.10-15 Or I can give you 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 Or I can give you the look up Amen, Romans 14 and 12 Let us labor for him while we can So that when we meet him We will be able to hear it says It says over in Matthew 25 and 21 His Lord said to him Well done Thy good and faithful servant Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Not only is it a promise of rest, but it's a promise of rescue. Hallelujah. I say not only is it a promise of rest, it is a promise of rescue. Jesus said, I'll come again and receive you to myself. One day heaven is going to invade the earth. And Jesus is going to return for his people. The living will be caught up to be with him in heaven. The dead will be resurrected and taken to heaven to be with him also. And one day we will be delivered from this world, whether we leave through the door of death or through the door of the rapture, we're going to be delivered. Hallelujah. So we're going to be delivered. They're not going to have us to mess with me anymore. Amen. The world is going to miss the church one day. Oh, anybody listening to me? I said the world is going to miss the church one day. When that rescue comes and we leave the world, none of the evils that trouble us will be allowed to follow us there. Hallelujah. Listen to the promise. In Revelation 21 and 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, 
but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The promise of rescue. God's going to get us out, amen, of the trouble we've seen. And then, amen, I'll tell you, I'm almost done. We got the promise of a reunion. Anybody like to go to family reunions? In heaven, we're going to have the promise of reunion. Jesus, Jesus made that promise to, amen, his disciples. That where I am, you will be also. You will be with him, and that will be heaven for us. Amen. And by the way, not only will we be with Jesus, and, and we're going to have a resurrected body, a new body, amen, at, at the peak. Amen. At the peak. Some of us are a little past our peak. Amen. That's why I, I wear these spectacles because I'm a little past my feet. And, and, and I don't know about you, but in my mind, you're, you, know, you see this? In my mind, I think I can do what I used to do. In my mind, I think I'm as quick as I used to be in my mind. But I think about amen, some of the older folk when, when, when we were kids brought up. I understand now, amen, when they say, Then I make you get up with you. Child, no one make me get up with you. In their mind, they think they're going to spring up. And it ain't spring up, it's pushing. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, amen. I thank God I can look forward to a time when I'll be back at my feet. Hallelujah. And we've got the promise of a reunion. I'm going to see my mother again. I'm going to see my loved ones again. I'm going to go with my loved ones again. All of them are saved. Hallelujah. What a time. What a time. What a time. When the saints get together. What a time. What a time it'll be. Hallelujah. Amen. Promise of reunion. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump shall sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. This mortal will put on immortality. And so this corruptible shall put on incorruption. And this mortal shall put on immortality and then shall be brought to pass. The same that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. I think heaven's worth it, don't you? Hallelujah. Let me close out. 
And I want to close out with a short story. There was a book written by Captain Marshall. And the title of her book was Beyond Ourselves. It tells the story of a friend of hers whose teenage son died from diabetes before insulin had been discovered. And one day he asked his mommy, what does it feel like to die? Not knowing what to say to him, she ran into the kitchen, pretending to be doing something else at the stove. And she said, Lord, help me. Help me to tell my son what he needs to hear. And as she uttered that prayer, God instantly dropped in her spirit. And she called her son to her and she said, Kenneth, you remember just a few years ago when you would play so hard that when you would come in, you would fall into mama and daddy's bed and you didn't undress, you just fell asleep because you were exhausted. But the next morning, you would wake up and you would find yourself in your own bed in your own room, where you belong, that was because your father would come along with his strong arms and would lift you up and carry you and place you where you belong. She said, that is what death is like. Our heavenly father comes along and he carries us to the room where we belong. In my father's house are many mansions. Hallelujah. Heaven, I believe, is working. 